football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome on to the legend. I can't do Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zachary, the late round quarterback. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely, lovely co host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Uh, just for everyone out there, uh, JJ was doing helium before the show. <laughs> yeah. it's, that's a tradition of ours to get to get hyped. It, you know, no no drugs, uh, just straight helium. Just helium. Uh, and that's why his uh, his voice hadn't adjusted yet. I apologize for that. That's right. We both have tanks. That's what we've used our Patreon money on is buying helium tanks. Uh, we have I have one in the corner of my office. I just go take a hit before the show, and it hadn't worn off yet. That's right. That's right. And uh, I, I spend mine on helium tanks and helicopters uh, that I that I run. I don't fly the helicopter. I just run it during my uh, podcasts uh, to sound more presidential. So, and by the way, everyone. I have a pop filter on my mic today, on my new golden mic. He does. And so I figure if I buy one piece of microphone equipment every single week for the rest <laughs> of the season, I might not sound like shit. Sorry to the kids. By season's end. Your microphone is essentially Jimmy Graham adding pads to his body. <laughs> I'm, I'm like Barry Bonds. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Barry, you're like Barry Bonds during the steroid era. Yeah, put, putting a putting a new elbow pad uh, on every every time he gets hit by a pitch. Uh, yeah, I mean to be fair, they they would they would have to throw around him all the time. So I would be worried. I would be scared shitless of being hit as well. Sorry to the kids. Yeah, uh, this is a rated R podcast, by the way. Sorry, hide your kids uh, and or my estranged wife. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm I'm adding equipment. I'm trying, everyone. I'm trying. Okay, every week I get horrible feedback one of these weeks i'm gonna get good feedback did uh so did you, I'm, I'm assuming you followed the trade deadline today denny i did i i follow i followed it a, a lot happened uh until until nothing happened <laughs> that's right that's right I, I it's every year it's it's a lot of these things are are bound to happen you know this year was melvin from a fantasy perspective and from an offensive player perspective it was melvin gordon it was then Le'Veon bell that was a a, a last minute ad today uh, yeah. there was Robbie Anderson, of course, was another player. Um, lots of like, AJ green, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, so Kenyon Drake did get dealt to Arizona. This is a, this is something that I wanted to talk about what we wanted to talk about to start the show because someone asked a question about this. So I, I woke up this morning. One of the first things I do is I, I hate myself because I go through my, my mentions and yeah. And so I open my phone. I'm going through my mentions, just kind of lay in bed, waiting for Avery to wake up. And I see that there's a, a verified account that tweeted at me. I was like, oh, okay, let's see who this is. And it was Melvin Gordon. And his tweet was just a thumbs up, the, the emoji. And I was confused, but then I remembered. The, and and he, it, was, it, was un, it wasn't a reply to a tweet. It was, no. it was just that tweet. It was just the thumbs up. Right. It was just at, at late round quarterback thumbs up. Right, right. So he had to type in my my handle in order to send that tweet. So I remembered that yesterday I sent a joke tweet out because it's it's easy to hate on Melvin Gordon and the Chargers right now. Right, it's an easy thing okay. to do, especially as a fantasy analyst. So 
yesterday or when, when was Kenyon Drake even traded yesterday uh, Monday yeah I guess it was yesterday uh so Kenyon Drake gets traded to Arizona and then Schefter sends out the the terms of the deal after it goes down and it said that he was traded for a sixth which could become a fifth and mm-hmm. I quote tweeted that and I said wow that means that Melvin Gordon is going to be going for like a seventh mm-hmm. right so I'm I, but it was a, cl- a clear joke right like I'm, I'm clearly just messing around about Melvin Gordon's current value amongst this NFL landscape. But do you think that Melvin Gordon understood it as a joke? Definitely not. So I'm assuming that he, so there are, for for those of you who don't know this, there are a group of athletes. uh, I know that Melvin Gordon's one, Michael Thomas is one who don't just look at their mentions. They will actually search their, I mean, maybe they have like a, a, some sort of filter, but they'll actually search their names. Right. And so guys like Melvin Gordon and Michael Thomas, if you say something positive or negative, usually Michael Thomas seems to be more of a, a positive looker. Like he's looking to see like cool stats that people are throwing out there. Right. Probably because he's actually good. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm only half kidding. So, uh, but Melvin Gordon d- does it as well. And he's done it to me in the past where it's not even been negative. It's been, I remember tweeting something about his contract like a month ago. Um, saying that, you know, people were trying to guess when he was going to come back out of his holdout. And I, I made some comment and he responded, thank you. Cause I was saying something that was like more positive about him. Uh, but I clearly, you know, I tweeted Melvin Gordon about the seventh round. It was a complete joke, but I woke up this morning to just a thumbs up. And then I looked also Adam Levitan sent a tweet yesterday about, yeah. fr- about freeing Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon actually responded to that one with a thumbs up, which is way more awkward than uh, than just the, the one-off tweet. Oh, man. Uh, okay, see, I didn't know. See, we saved this conversation, everybody, the, the good listeners out there. We saved this conversation for the start of this podcast because I didn't know whether JJ assumed that Melvin Gordon thought that that was a joke or not. And you're saying he was doing that as like, I, I see you. Like, you're saying that I'm... I'm basically worthless. Yeah, I mean the thumbs up is a complete sarcastic thumbs up. That's that's unfortunate because you. Why would he think that after the tweet that you sent back? I'm sure he didn't. I'm I'm assuming that he didn't remember my who I was and my handle and stuff, which is fine. Should (laughs) that's my that's my general assumption. But you know, I look look. It's fine if he if he didn't get it and and whatnot. I I just I then took a step back and I had some self reflection. And I said, should I be this much of a sarcastic douche when it comes to individual players like this and not like a team or something like that? And we do it. I mean, literally everyone does it to players and coaches and whatever because they're in the spotlight. And then I took a step back and, and, and while doing this, this, this self-reflection and I thought, you know what? People do this to, to me to a degree, right? Like, like, and I'm not... By me saying that, I'm not saying I'm on Melvin Gordon's level from a criticism standpoint. I'm saying I know what it's like from an individual to individual talking crap on me, whether it's to me in my mentions or whether it's on Reddit or whatever. Like, I know that feeling, right? But it's not that crappy of a feeling. Like, it's not It's not that big. Like, in the end, unless they're, like, making fun of, like, my appearance or something that I cannot control at all. You know, if they're saying, like, this guy had a really bad take... I had a bad take. If I'm saying Melvin Gordon's not playing very well, Melvin Mm -hmm. Gordon's not playing very well. No. You know? So, like, I think it's kind of fair to a degree. Like, 
But if if he didn't see the joke at all in my tweet, I can understand why he would be like, this is obnoxious. Right, right. Well, that that's what you get, first of all, for being a big deal. Because um, <laughs> if I had said that, a non-verified account, and, I, and listen, I will never accept verification, by the way. Um, uh, <laughs> I will reject it. I am I am one of the non-verified people. I will, I will stay that way. But if I had say, had said that, he wouldn't have cared. But he sees that you're verified. You have a ton of followers, um, and and so I guess and then Le- Adam Leviton as well. So I guess he felt the need to respond. It seems a little bit, uh, a little bit childish. That's what me. I mean. That's what I mean. You know, like I look, I I I can understand him being upset and feeling the the urge to respond because I've responded to criticism before too and he gets a million times the amount of criticism that I do, right? So I can't like tell him, you know, say how I would act or or any of that. I'm just saying from the perspective of like a one-off situation, one person criticizing me versus one person criticizing him, you yeah. know, I would think that if you're flooded enough with negativity because this is what happens to us you know but uh, you know back in 2012 when we first started doing this and people would give us crap about something we would argue with that person for probably an hour and a half on twitter oh, yeah an hour and a half dude it lasted days <laughs> yeah right, right exactly do, do, do you remember the war over that uh giants running back um oh, david wilson no god your not, boy not, not him no um the guy who actually responded to you a couple times uh, uh he came from jacksonville uh Rashad um, Oh, oh, uh um uh Rashad Jennings. Rashad Jennings, yeah. And and the you remember the Rashad Jennings wars? Those used to last 4 I, days at a time. I do remember the Rashad Jennings wars. Yeah, that's true. He did come, <laughs> I I think he did at me once. He did at you. I thought it was more than once and I thought that he was like, "Thanks, man." Like this is It was cuz I cuz I wrote an article that was really po- it was my first ever athlete interaction on that's Twitter right. from an at, from something that I had written. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, um uh my first ever uh, athlete interaction on Twitter was less positive. It was uh, uh, Julian Edelman catching me uh, saying that a girl I know called him a douchebag. Oh yeah, I and that. and then uh, on the beach, he she she saw him on a beach, yeah. and he said, "Cool man, which beach?" And <laughs> I was like, "Oh man!" And by the way, I had like I had like eleven followers. Okay, like I was I was nobody. I still am nobody. I was less of a, of a, of a body at the time. Um, but I was uh, owned viciously by Julian Edelman. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm a, a personality on Twitter who like consistently just trashes these no, players no. and like what they're doing on the field. I my my game and my approach is always to be like overly sarcastic with my responses to stuff. And that's exactly what I did with Melvin Gordon. But clearly the sarcasm, you know, just floated over his head, which I understand, you know, you can't can't always sense it. Well, it's it's hard once you get a certain kind of following. Uh, they their their overall goal, it seems, is to cow you into su- into submission. Is to is to say you can only tweet this certain way, very literal, very straightforward. Uh, you know, very little opinion, honestly, uh, except for like stat based opinions. You right. know, stat step. You know, backed up by stats, or whatever. But um, so when you venture outside of those lines. Um, people will uh will go after as you as you see which is why you should never check your mentions i would never check my mentions if i were you there there was a there was someone today who i like i said i i quote tweeted uh that that one uh rumor trade rumor about Le'Veon bell being traded i quote tweeted it and it was from what's his name the, the one jets beat reporter manish 
Manish, yeah. Uh, and I quote tweeted it and I said something along the lines of like, this is laughable because it's like, like, or something that I couldn't stop laughing because it, I, it was amazing. It's just an, an unbelievable story. And so I quote tweeted it. Someone responded and was like, uh, I can't believe that you're, um, creating this click, these clickbait tweets, uh, based on someone that's not at basically not, you know, basically calling Manish like a fraud essentially. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the, like people who respond, you guys can go look at my response to him. I was like, I was like, Hey, I'm sure that you're healthy. I'm sure that you have a lot of friends and a good family. Just be, be happier. Yeah. Right. Right. Go. Yeah. Go do something else. that doesn't make you so miserable because being online makes all of us miserable all the time. Uh, by the way, the, the Jets thing made sense. A, a lot of sense to me judging uh, by what Adam Gase said when he was hired by the Jets, which is, oh, my God, you guys spent how much on a running back? Don't you know that running back doesn't matter? Yeah, Adam Gase was not excited about the Le'Veon Bell thing. And look, I, I my, my criticism, my laughter wasn't like the Jets are doing a bad thing by trying to get rid of Le'Veon Bell. My laughter was they went through all of this. Yeah. And then this is this is where they're at six months later. That that's that's I mean, but they've they've changed GMs. Like it's been an absolute disaster in that front office. But my laughter was just like the disaster. It's not the the actual move to try to get rid of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, whatever you can say about Adam Gase, he is the 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 official king of RB doesn't matter among among head coaches. He really really believes it. Unfortunately, he has he's probably the worst offensive coach in the NFL. But uh, and if those two two things are related. Um, then I don't I don't want to make that connection. The good news is we're streaming his quarterback this week. So let's we are. <laughs> we're streaming everybody on his team. Just just you know stream stream all your jets. That's right. Uh, to recap what happened last week, we had the Steelers defense. They ended up they started really poorly. Ter- I mean I was I was tilting my face off. It wasn't really the Steelers D as much as it was Mason Rudolph just giving them putting them in these terrible situations. But yeah. Uh, they they ended up scoring 13 fans. They were like the fourth best option. The, the Lions they had a defensive touchdown. Uh, they had 11. The Colts were still a good a good option. They had seven. So we really had a good week from a defensive streaming standpoint. Our main quarterback streamer last week was Ryan Tannehill. He had 19.4 fantasy points. Now I thought about this. I, I think that we got a little bit lucky with Tannehill because he he threw three touchdowns. Didn't have a lot of yards. I, I really. Like I feel better about a pick when it's a, when there's a lot of volume and yard like from a yardage standpoint, yeah. You know? And it's yeah, not it's not. I understand though, and we talk about it all the time. Quarterback production in fantasy is more about efficiency, and Ryan Tannehill, from an efficiency standpoint, was good in that game from a, from a scoring efficiency standpoint because he he had those those three touchdowns. And then again, you know, you look at Tampa Bay as an opponent; they can stop the run really really well. They can't stop the pass at all. So we should probably expect more passing touchdowns if they're going to score than rushing touchdowns. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the process was right. And I think, you know, obviously the result was great, but I was just thinking like, it was the process like this, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. No, I, I hear you. But I think one of the stats that we cited last week was that uh, a large percentage of touchdowns scored against the Bucks this year have been through the air. So, you know, we have, we had that going for us. Yeah. Uh, the, the two kind of other guys, uh, Mitch Trubisky was a deeper play. He only scored seven and Jacoby Brissett. I mean, we, we warned people about the incoming regression that could hit. I, I was really not into Jacoby Brissett last week. I talked about on the late round podcast too, just not into that matchup, really afraid of that regression. He ended up scoring like nine or 10 fantasy points. Um, People also people on the Facebook page or someone that was tilting that I, that I round up and down at times when I go over last week's picks. 
Oh, so really? Jacoby Brissett, guys, 9.48 fantasy points. This there you go. There you go. Uh, tight end, we had a, a lot of different tight ends. We added some to the Patreon page as well. So uh, we had like Jonu Smith added, which yeah. I'm sure a lot of folks were on him with Delaney Walker out. But he had 19.8 points. Cameron Brate, 6.2. Kyle Rudolph, 4.7. That was kind of a downer of a game for that whole offense in a way. Didn't they uh, run it like twenty straight times? Yeah, I mean, like that's that's the the fear, you know, in, in a game with with Minnesota going up against a team that, you know, they're they're likely to see that positive game script. Uh, Dawson Knox didn't have a single catch. That was fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, ben Watson three point six, but Dallas Godert, G O A T. Dallas Goddard had eleven point two fantasy points. We're gonna get more. We're we're gonna get into him in a second. I won't. I won't. Uh, yeah. I won't reveal all the secrets right now. No, no, no. Let's not do that. But by the way, we did add Jonu Smith and Cameron Bray, and really uh, push Jonu Smith on the Patreon page. So if if that's something that you would be interested in, I would suggest uh, you head on over to the Living the Stream Patreon page and become a patron for as little as one dollar per month. Okay. All right, ahead, JJ. we're going to start with defenses this week. Um, I'm going to start with the Cleveland Browns defense. Okay. Um, All right. The two defenses that I'm going to talk about, actually, I can probably just do it quickly because it's almost the exact same process to use both of them. You have the Browns and the Jets. Both teams are on the road, but both teams are three-point favorites in a low over-under game. The Browns-Broncos uh, game is uh, at a 39-point over-under the Jets game, 40 and a half point over under. So we're looking at likely lower scoring games um, against offenses that should suck because with the Browns, they're playing essentially a third string quarterback. Um, you would expect them. I mean, it feels like a get right game for them, for Cleveland. You know, like the, they'll finally just just destroy a team. Man, if they don't, jeez. Yeah, right. Uh, and then the Jets, you know, they're facing Miami. Miami, every single defense that has gone up against the Dolphins this year has been top nine in weekly scoring. Every wow. single one. Uh, they've been sacked at the third highest rate in the league. They're averaging 1.7 interceptions per game. So I think from a matchup standpoint, the matchup objectively is better for the Jets. Um, but my fear is that the Jets are kind of in more disarray than the Browns are in. Uh, so I, I think that they're, you know, I'd probably lean the Jets between the two. But process-wise, they're kind of in the same type of spot. Yeah, unfortunately, they're both on the road. Uh, but, but you know, but does that matter in Miami? It's like no. It's like, I mean, uh, it, it hasn't really mattered that much in the NFL this year, to be honest. I mean, we've right. seen we've seen a lot of, of of road victories this year, so there's that too. Uh, but like Al Michaels said at the end of that Green Bay game the other day, he said that they go to the Chargers, play at the Chargers. But is it really a road game? No. Yeah, it right. Won't, it right. won't be. It won't be. There will be ninety percent Green Bay fans there. Right. All right, so my first defense here is Seattle. Now, I know Seattle's owned in, in uh, about half of leagues, so I'm sorry if you're gritting your teeth and uh, throwing things against the wall right now because they are owned in your league, um, but probably so are you. Uh, but don't be scared away by the high over-under here, 51.5 uh, in this Seattle-Tampa game. It's the highest of the week right now. Um, Tampa is allowing 10 schedule adjusted fantasy points to defenses per game, including a league leading 12 interceptions and an average of four sacks per game. I was kind of blown away by that. Uh, Seattle is a six and a half point home favorite here. And James Winston in his 40 career losses has 
an amazing 64 interceptions, uh, which is 1.6 picks per game. I think my my pop mic really came into effect there when I said picks per game. Yeah, um, didn't but, sound so uh, bad. Yeah, so I mean, you know, James Winston, underdog on the road in Seattle. It's all it's all there. I like Seattle. All right, you have two more to talk about. I, I just I, I just robbed all of the time at the beginning, so you just you 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 don't have any time to breathe. Let's let's keep going. Let's do this. Uh, Dallas defense at the Giants. Dallas comes in as a seven and a half point road favorite against the Giants. The Giants have turned the ball over nineteen times through eight games. Only four teams allow more fantasy points to defenses than the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones, who, as we've mentioned, maybe once or 69 times on this podcast, has been a disaster uh, since that Tampa game. Daniel Jones has had two games. Of course, he he, he didn't do too bad last week, but um, uh, he had uh, he has only completed 59 percent of his passes in in losses. Um, oh, man, I'm on the wrong team right now. Let, let me rewind that real quick. Daniel Jones has had two games this year where his completion rate was under 60%. The other times, he barely cleared the 60% mark. And why the reason I'm pointing this out is because we like inaccurate quarterbacks playing in negative uh, pass-centric game script. That's what we're, we're hoping for here. Uh, and Dallas is available in 80% of leagues, I believe, or 70%. And then the last one, and, I, and, I, and I'm not super into this option. I, I really prefer... I think all the others, let me know what you think, JJ, but Philadelphia at home against Chicago. Uh, Eagles are five-point home favorites. I guess mostly we're just hoping for, you know, Trubisky in in bad game script. You know, that's, that's yeah. what it comes down to. The, the Eagles are somehow owned in 40% of leagues, which is, I, I guess maybe that's, that's left over from when they went nuclear against the Jets and they scored like 35 fantasy points that time. Um, but other than that, they have been completely useless as a fantasy defense. Uh, so I don't really know why they're so highly owned, but I, I would say that they are a mark market downgrade compared to our other options. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, all right, moving on to quarterback. I think the top streamer this week is probably Derek Carr. If you look at Detroit's, uh, defense and secondary, not great. Uh, Darius Slay was out last week. Uh, even if he is able to go, I'm still into Derek Carr this week. But um, if you look at Detroit, they face decent quarterbacks. But uh, this season, every single passer that they faced outside of Phillip Rivers has been a QB1 or a top 12 quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. So that includes Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones over the last two weeks, who have both been number one and number two quarterbacks in those weeks. Right. Um, so if you look at this game, uh, again, I think it's okay still if Darius Slate plays, um, but it has a pretty high over-under, around 50. Oakland's at home, um, and they currently have the second-highest implied team total on the main slate. So I, I'm I'm into Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a pretty safe option, and he really hasn't been as like a, as like a real quarterback. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been that bad this year. I know. It's kind of freaking me out. Yeah, he really, I mean, we got to give Derek Carr some props, especially, you know, after losing AB and literally having no wide receiver. Uh, obviously, you know, Tyrell Williams came back last week, um, but he had no wide receiver for a little while. I mean, he's he's not playing poorly. And the Raiders are an underrated team almost. Yeah, that's also freaking me out. The fact that, like, John Gruden seems like a good coach, a terrible GM, you know, a terrible sure. evaluator of players and, and, and whatever. But, 
But they're yeah, the Raiders are playing well. They have a 26 point implied total, I think, this week. Yeah, I mean, you gotta love that. I mean, that's that's process, process, process. Just, yeah. just play Derek Carr. Absolutely. Uh, so my first guy is Sam Darnold at Miami. I guess you know pretty much if you can stream a quarterback against Miami, you're not doing uh, too badly. The Jets are three point favorites here with a with <laughs> with a 22 point implied total, which is kind of amazing that an NFL offense can have a like as low as a 22 point total against the worst defense in living memory. But I guess that's what we have with the Jets. Uh, Miami's allowing the third most schedule adjusted fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. I used to love uh, when I would read uh, Evan Silva's matchup column and he would always call them enemy quarterbacks, right? Uh, enemy, yeah, yeah, yeah. En- en- enemy running backs. Um, uh, they've, uh, they've given up 18 touchdowns in seven games, the Dolphins have, uh, and they are allowing a league worst 13.1 yards per completion uh also they have the dolphins have the fifth lowest sack percentage uh, in the league darnold is out there in 77 percent of leagues yeah i'm actually um i'm gonna be playing sam darnold over kyler murray this week in a super flex league that's now that's interesting a lot of the patrons are really wondering do i do i have to play kyler murray and i i i kind of lean no yeah, I I mean it's not like he's been that productive. I mean, look, in 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 the plus matchups, Kyler Murray's been great, but I think that we can look at the San Francisco defense and be like this is a this is tough. This is not going to be easy yeah. for Kyler Murray. And Xavier Howard's out. He's on IR now for Miami, which means and if you watch that game, that Pittsburgh game, things really opened up when he got hurt in that game. Right. Uh right. he he did make the mistake that that long third down that Deontay Johnson scored. Uh, that that stupid touchdown on uh, mm-hmm. it was it was really his fault. It was Xavier Howard's fault. But uh, regardless, he's the, easily the best piece in that secondary. I'm I I think that realistically, you know, on paper from a matchup standpoint, the Jets' passing attack. I mean, even Le'Veon Bell to a degree. But like Sam Darnold could go nuts this week. Like that there I, is that possibility that that happens. I I think so, and I think that he definitely has a safer floor than than Kyler Murray. Now that we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm just, I'm just going with Darnold. I just think that it's a, a smarter move because you can, you can, you can utilize matchup a lot more with quarterback than you can other positions. Are you saying that quarterback is largely replaceable? I think I might be saying that even in a super flex league. Uh, all right, I'm going to say the other quarterback, uh, a lower tiered one. I'd say that Darnold and Derek Carr. I'd say Carr's the best. Darnold would be my second best, mm-hmm. probably. Um, this is my fourth favorite cause you're going to go over a guy, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to Mitch Trubisky. I know that he didn't perform last week. <clears throat> it was a, 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 a bad performance overall, especially from a fantasy perspective, but this is why I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Philadelphia, another defense similar to like a Tampa Bay where they can stop the run, can't stop the pass very well. They see a lot of pass attempts against as a result. And they've seen, I mean, that's been the case for the last like two years. Um, that means that Chicago as five and a half point underdogs are likely not going to be able to, to run like they did against the chargers in a neutral game script, you know, just pounding the rock and using David Montgomery. If sure. that's, if that's the case, you know, I don't care that much about pass attempts at the quarterback position. Cause it doesn't correlate that much to weekly fantasy output. But when you have a mobile athletic quarterback, like Mitch Trubisky, when you're dropping back to pass more, there's more upside for scrambles and for rushing. So I am a little bit intrigued by Trubisky. I think he's more of like a, 
Hail Mary, GPP type option this week. But the matchup is absolutely there uh, for a guy like Trubisky to, to kind of have a decent uh, fantasy outing. Right, right. Trubisky and the GPP, you're going to scream all Sunday. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, whose last name I still don't really know how to spell. No, it's impossible. Uh, it's one R, two P's, one L. Yeah, yeah, and then oh, and it's an, it's an, it. and it's A A right? Like it's A A O O. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. I'll never, I'll never know. Uh, so yeah, uh, Garoppolo is at Arizona. Um, I should say the 49ers are at Arizona. Uh, he's available in forty five percent, so he's not exactly a super traditional streamer uh but the niners come in as 10 point favorites uh they have the third highest implied total of the week which is 26.25 points uh, we all know that arizona's secondary is uh, a, a disaster a debacle many would say arizona is one of only four teams that allows more than 400 total yards per game i just wanted to throw that in there it really doesn't have to do with passing but i was just kind of amazed by that um cardinals give up 22 Point six schedule adjusted points to quarterbacks and no defense in the NFL has allowed more passing yardage or passing touchdowns than the Cardinals. I really feel like on a weekly basis, especially in a game where the Niners come in as heavy favorites, uh, Garoppolo has probably no ceiling. Let me know if you disagree, but um, it, 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 they just don't, they're not the kind of team that's going to keep their foot on the gas uh, on the proverbial gas uh, passing wise, uh, you know, if once they once they get a lead, um, I mean, he's failed to crack 200 passing yards in, I believe, four of his seven games, which is kind of incredible. Uh, he threw the ball just 20 times last week and that blew out victory against Carolina. So I I would play him if if I were in a pinch. But uh, again, I would I would prefer Carr and, and Darnold over Garoppolo. So, by the way, that whole entire spiel that you just went on, there are at least 30% of the people listening to this episode were tilting their face off because I said A-A-O-O in his name, but it's actually A-O-O-O. They were just, yeah, you can stop screaming now. We've corrected it. Right, we, we've corrected it. We we confirmed, do not know how to spell Jimmy Garoppolo's name. No, we, do, we don't. I don't. I, I have to spell it every single week, you know, in, right. in, in various ways, whether it's on uh, Patreon or whether it's on four for four or whatever, and I and I can never do it. Yeah. Uh, all right, tight end, Denny. Uh, why don't you kick things off because you have more than I do. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about this option. Uh, his name's Kyle Rudolph. You may have heard of him. We talked about him the last, I think, two weeks. Um, and and uh, uh, I I told JJ I can sell Kyle Rudolph as a streamer this week, and I'm going to. I I right? can't. Den- Denny said, "Hey, do you want to take Rudolph?" And I said. I I can't sell Kyle Rudolph. Like I I I don't know what to say about Kyle Rudolph that would come off as you should stream Kyle Rudolph this week. Right. Um so hopefully the Vikings don't get a big lead or the entire passing game is going to be shut down and nobody is going to really benefit uh as far as pass catchers go on Minnesota's offense. But but the the matchup is good and here's why. Kansas City looks like a tough tight end matchup because they've only allowed one tight end touchdown on the entire year, but they're allowing 6.4 catches to tight ends per game so far this year, and 27.5% of the targets against the KC defense 
have been to the tight end. That's the highest rate in the league, folks. The highest rate. No, no team is targeted via tight end more than Kansas City. Uh, so he's not running a ton of routes. Rudolph is not running a ton of routes, as, as JJ reminded me uh, before the show. Uh, but, but I do think that he is viable in maybe even better than a you could do worse uh, kind of way. But JJ might disagree. Look, if Kyle Rudolph does well, everyone just remember that I really support Denny. If yeah. he if he does poorly, just remember that I was right. Yeah, that's that, you know what uh, that's uh that, that that's fair. That's fair because I I pushed the issue on on Rudolph this Look, week. Look, that's fine. We it's a, this is a tag team. Uh, all right, the other guy, I my my favorite streamer slash tight end to add. I've been talking about him for like a month now. Uh, but Dallas Goddard needs to be on your fantasy rosters. He's only owned in 20% of Yahoo leagues right now. Over the last three weeks, Dallas Goddard has 17 targets. Zach Ertz has 18. Oh, boy. Over this time, Dallas Goddard has more than doubled Zach Ertz's fantasy production. He's seen a target share now, Dallas Goddard. He's seen a target share at at or above 10% in every single game that he's played since he's come back from injury. He's played, last week, he played over 75% of the Eagles' snaps, which is the highest share of the season. Now, that could be partially because of the wind in Buffalo and the fact they were going to run the ball so they run more t- two tight end sets. But I'm going to go with the narrative that they want to put Dallas Goddard on the field more. They realize they realize that he's better. He's better. He's a better pass catcher than Zach. Well, he's like a, a, a higher upside pass catcher than Zach Ertz, let's say. Yeah, well, and, and I just want to just take a moment to ask Ertz Truthers, uh, where is their God now? That's right. That's that. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> that, that's the one. Like, like I mean, I got plenty of things wrong this year, but the Zach Ertz, the, it's, it makes me feel uh, not unhappy. It, it felt it felt easy to fade him at his ADP, like like you know, laughably because people were saying, "Well, you got to get you got to get Kelsey or Ertz or Kittle, or you're done." Right, and I'm sitting here saying, "No, wait to the fifth round and get OJ Howard." Right, right, which was you know good process, but uh, um, it, I guess it, it ended up being Ingram and Henry in that tier. But anyway, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying no, to make, no, no, Danny, I'm, look, it's fine, it's fine. My my call was to get that tier of the Ingram Henry Howard tier yeah. than than the elite tier. The elite tier was a complete fade for me this year, and I'm all I'm 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 taking that as a W. That's a huge W. It's a it's a huge win for living the stream, and uh, you know I guess after we talk about this, maybe they could go. I'll go off, um, but I I don't really f- see that happening with Kelsey's quarterback situation. With uh, I mean, for now, uh, Ertz kind of b- sharing the load with with Goddard, and then uh, uh, Kittle being in an offense that really just doesn't ever want to pass the ball. So that's um, you know, where's your God now? That's the only thing I have to say about that. Sharing sharing the load kind of makes me think that he's like helping him poop. <laughs> Uh, well, I can tell you that people who have arts on their team are pooping all the time. <laughs> That's right. yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Denny, uh, move on to the next one. We are going to move on. We're moving on to Janu Smith, the third. Uh, he's so he's viable only if Delaney Walker is out. Have you heard? Have we heard anything about Walker's availability? No, like the, anything that happens to the Tennessee Titans passing attack, I largely ignore because it's it's completely unpredictable. And then every time Corey Davis blows up. Twitter blog the, the the Corey Davis truthers yeah. are are Undertaker.gif 
just everywhere all over Twitter. And they, they come out and they say, oh, I told you about Corey Davis. Look, Corey Davis is fine. But if you ignore this Tennessee Titans passing attack and the way they run this offense, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're not doing fantasy football right. You're just not. And th- th- anything that I, that's why every 15 transaction over the last two years, when Corey Davis has done well, he's a sell the very next week. That's right. Every time uh, Corey Davis catches more than three passes in a game, Corey Davis truthers knock over mailboxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 really it's really out of control, and I think it's uncalled for. Uh, but anyway, his 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 teammate Johnu Smith is a guy who's available in a lot of leagues. Uh, last week he saw seven targets against the Bucks. He caught six of those for seventy-eight yards and a touchdown. The, the I have to say the Tannehill to Smith touchdown was pretty sweet for LTS purposes. Yeah, it's it's crazy that his seven targets accounted for eighty percent of the team's targets in that game. I know, yeah, I know, yeah, right, right. Yeah, they, he had a uh, an eighty-seven percent target share. So uh, they play they play against Carolina. The Titans play Carolina, which is not a great matchup for tight ends. They Carolina allows only ten schedule adjusted fantasy points to tight ends, um, but you could do. Worse. And like I said, Smith is out there still in over 80% of leagues. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Darren Fells as a, as a guy that people can play. I'm, I'm going to throw out some some descriptive stats for you, Denny, because I'm, I, I want to hear it. It's kind of shocking. Fells' last six, game, he's, six games, he's finished as a tight end eight or better in four of them. Ooh, baby. Okay. He's seen 15% or more of Houston's targets in half of those games. That's a that's a very it's a high target share for a streaming tight end. Uh over this time, over sorry, no, over last week, over last week, just one week, he ran the sixth most routes at the tight end position. Over his last four games, he's fifth in routes run at the tight end position. Wow. So I don't really care about what the matchup says when a guy's getting more run and, and and you know, with Will Fuller out, there's a little bit more upside for other pass catchers in this offense. So I think Darren Fells, to me is probably my number two guy behind Dallas Goddard this week. Wow, that's strong. That's yeah. strong. I mean, I, I guess he he is better than the than the rest of the options we're talking about. So it makes. Would you uh, go? Would you go? Would you go, Darren Fells or your uh, your your homeboy Kyle Rudolph? I guess I have to go Fell just 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 by the the way that these offenses are run. I I, I can't in good conscience recommend yeah. Rudolph over Fells. I, I do love the uh, I see on Twitter sometimes people say, well, you know, Fells runs like an old man, like like he he actually is is like yeah. hard to watch. He he runs, but you know who else ran like like he was running across broken glass for ten years? Antonio Gates. True. So so True. And, and Antonio Gates was a producer. Okay, like like he just put up numbers, and who cares? If you don't like the way Darren Fells looks on the field, don't watch Texans games. I, you know, it's what I do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. You're right. Fells Fells has really all the peripheral numbers going on, and well, and the production. Yeah. All right. Real quick, one more. Yeah. So the Jets tight end situation is a mess. Chris Herndon, the ninth, may or may not be back. Ryan Griffin ran a bunch of routes last week. Griffin has the twelfth most routes run since Sam Donald returned three weeks ago. This is per my lovely co-host. Yeah, which was then per pro football focus. Right, right. It's uh, yes, lots of yeah, lots of uh, citations. Twenty-two percent of the receiving yards against Miami this year have gone to the tight end. Uh, the Dolphins are giving up four point seven tight end catches per game. 
and getting back to Griffin just real quickly, you know, because if, if Herndon is out, you know, Griffin would be the, the presumed starter. Griffin ran 33 routes last week against Jacksonville, which was the eighth most. So he, the, the opportunity is there. And if I'm remembering correctly, Adam Gase's offense is not terrible for tight ends. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know off the I top mean, of my head, but it's terrible otherwise, but it's, it, I, 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 I vaguely remember some tight ends putting up production. He coached Julius Thomas, right? Yeah, he would have back then, yeah. Right, yeah. All right, well, there, there you go. Anyway, so uh, um, pay attention to the t- tight tight end position, sorry, the tight end situation in New York if you really hate yourself and are desperate. To recap, we have Darren Fells, we have the Jets tight ends, we have Kyle Rudolph, Jonu Smith, Dallas Goddard, Jimmy G, Mitch Trubisky, Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, Dallas, Seattle, Philly, New York, and Cleveland. A lot of... A lot of uh, Streamers this week. Lots of options. We just wanted to give you guys some options. Uh, All right. This first question from Twitter is from at Polish Tweeter. When you finish pumping gas, do you go through the same routine with the nozzle as you do when you finish going to the bathroom? What? Yeah. I I, I wanted to keep this because I wanted to ask you what you thought about this question. Oh, you mean like... um... (laughs) Oh, wait, wait, wait. So when, when you're done pumping the gas, the little bit of gas leaks out at the end? I'm assuming that that's that's my so assumption. You, oh, you jiggle. Yeah, a little jiggle, little jiggle action. Yeah, I mean, well, if unless you want gas on your shoes, I guess yeah, you're 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 gonna do that. Can I tell you a weird thing I do at the at the gas pump? Sure. I sometimes just get impatient and stop pumping the gas, and I don't get the full. Why? Wait, you like you literally like tilt that hard that it's going slower than you would like. I yeah, sometimes and I and I drive a Ford Focus. I'm not I'm I'm not filling up an 18 wheeler, okay? I I get so impatient that I just I say, "Okay, fine, whatever. I'm at I'm I'm you know what? I'm going to get to the the $23 mark and I'm going to pull the plug. That's it. I'm I'm tired of standing what? here waiting." That's shot you're 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 saving how much time? A minute and a half? Let, probably probably less and and i and i i've never admitted this in public and, I, and now that i'm talking about it it is extremely weird and i probably need to stop doing that <laughs> uh, i always wonder how much gas is wasted by the end of the gas run when you pull it out of the of the tank oh not much I mean, if, I mean, if you no, I'm saying if you were to collect all of that gas from every oh. single person who is who's pumping gas could we save the world Oh, definitely not. No, 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 no. Well, it's un- it's un- unsavable at this point. I I read just before the show. <laughs> I read just before the show that uh, um, it, uh, almost the entire country of Vietnam will be underwater by 2050. So, um, right. so no, I I don't I don't think we can save it by uh, uh, saving a few drops of gas. No. Oh, I did my part. I tried. Yeah, you did. Uh, next question at Chris underscore Quick. This was a fun one. If someone made a living the stream monopoly game. Yeah. What items would be the game pieces? I will start by nominating a miniature metal figurine of one of Jason Witten's New Balances. I thought that was a, that's a good that's a good one. That is a good one. My my nomination would be a uh, a testosterone supplement pill. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. I have a couple. I I have some that I that I think it could be it. A, 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 a Nick Foles jersey, you know, just like a little jersey piece. Uh, a smoothie. Yeah. I think, but I think the the one that absolutely needs to be a piece is your old microphone. Oh yeah, the peop, the people's mic. Yeah, right. Uh, and then also, I think that that we could do a flame, you know, cut out of a flame, not because of our fire takes, 
but because of the field catching on fire, <laughs> Nick Foles week three. I knew it. I knew it. that's where you were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we need a flame. Uh, well, so the Ram the the Foles jersey would be a Rams jersey, correct? Yeah, the Foles jersey would be a Rams jersey. We could go with uh, a toilet because it's a poop podcast. We could, and then you have to have like the number sixty nine. Yes, yes, you're right. Yes. What? What else? There, there could be something else. Your uh, hair, uh, cut out of your hair. Just, yeah, yeah, right. Just, just. just that just, would look so bizarre without the context of a head. Yeah, it, yeah, it would look like I got scalped or something. Yeah, it'd be be strange. But yeah, those are some of the ideas I came up with. I don't know. I can't think of any more. Yeah, I'm sure that the listeners will come up with with uh, 6,900 more. Yeah. Next question at cheesy underscore FL. Is it a low T move to carry around butt wipes to avoid poor public toilet paper? I, I look, I don't think it's a bad move, but I think it is. It would be considered a low T move. Like the, <laughs> a, a, a high T move is I'll use whatever they got. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dealing with tolerating the pain and discomfort of right. a bad toilet paper is extremely high T. Right. If you can, if you get the toilet paper where your finger goes through, that's, that's the, that's the high T toilet paper. That's the experience of someone with high T once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It makes them feel alive. Yeah. You're, you're, yes, that is a low, low T move. Also a great move because, uh, those, those, what was it? Baby wipes. Yeah, well, he said he, uh, he just said wet, wet wipes, but butt wipes, but it'd be like a wet wipe. Or yeah, wet yeah. wipes. I mean, you know, that's the only legitimate way to wipe your butt. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it's true. Uh, next question at number one, Punna. When do you start to positively regress as a person or should I just assume that my touchdown rate parentheses life will never improve? Oh, my God. This is this is incredible. It was dark. It was dark. I think we should just move on from that question. I thought it was a funny question, but I think we should move on and get a little bit more lighthearted. This next one's from Sad Melander. It says, what are your kids being for Halloween? Yeah, so what's Avery going to be? So she and my wife are dressing up as scuba divers that, that Amanda made, like a homemade uh, costume, and then I am a shark. A dead scuba diver? A zombie scuba diver? No, there's no, there's no zombie. Denny, she's 15 and, months old. And I, I say you go zombie scuba diver and the zombie shark that bit them and turned them into zombies. That, that's, that's what I say. That's fair. That's fair. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm normal. Yeah. Well, I, I always want to, I always want to take, take a costume idea and then um, make it horrifying. So, um, so as, as everyone knows, actually, from. The other day at my Halloween party, I went as Robin, as in Batman and Robin, which was the lowest T costume I could think of. Yeah. Um, but also, I was going to be Batman because my my wife is Batwoman. I mean, not in real life. She's she goes to Hall- She's going to Halloween as as Batwoman. Uh, that's not her job. And uh, but the Batman mask messed with my hair, so I I nixed it and I said no nope, wow. no nope, nope. I'm not I'm not doing this. Low T. I'm doing yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm buying the Robin uh, gear, including the little mask that's supposed to somehow hide my identity. I don't. I still I don't understand how that works. It's like with Superman, you know, slicking back his hair and and right. not being recognizable. Um, and then so my but and my daughter has a has Batgirl stuff. And oh, I, that's you know, cute. She also has witch stuff and Elsa stuff and fifteen other costumes. Is she is she zombie Batgirl? <laughs> I I told her I said I said hey Eleanor, how about instead of Batgirl, dead Batgirl? <laughs> what's what's your son then? Oh, he so he doesn't participate in the family uh, fun. Um, he is a demon from hell. 
Oh, wow. Okay. And I actually mean it's a black bodysuit with red glowing eyes and long fingers. And it is the most horrifying kid's costume I've ever seen in my life. And he loves it. And th- this is my fault, guys. This is my fault. I've made him like this. Like, like I, he never had a chance to like be a normal Halloween kid. He was always going to gravitate uh, to these absolutely, uh, you know, horrific uh, costumes like the demon. Yeah. So I feel like though I went through. I feel like every, you know, I can't speak for women, but every girl or every boy rather goes through a phase between what? How old is he? Six. He's six. Yeah. Yeah. From like six to nine, nice. Where they, where <laughs> they want to be the scariest that they can possibly be. I used to wear like just like a like black sweatpants and a black sweatshirt and then just the scariest mask that i could find yeah i i did have a scary mask phase myself i i i kind of was like really into wearing masks you're right why is that like at that age because I, I don't know because then because then you graduate and you're like oh i'm gonna be a ba- i'm gonna be mark mcguire you know like yeah. it's just like you just you you completely just become you go the, the your final years of trick-or-treating you you're a nice you have a nice costume yeah, sort of normalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is a there's a, a three to five year gap in between. You know, you being sort of a toddler into like the the young young child age where you're like cute and fun, and then you get demons, and then you're back to being cute and fun again. It might be just like asserting independence. Like, like yeah. this is this is me telling you that I can be whatever I want to be, including a demon from the pits of hell. Yeah. Or maybe maybe this is some sort of psychological thing where we all have uh, a really really dark side to us. Yeah, well, that that's that's certainly it. But apparently, it's only accessible between the ages of six and nine. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, this next question is from at Josh Warwick. Any takes on the craze of of guillotine leagues? Lowest scoring team each week is eliminated, and their roster goes into the waiver pool. A thousand dollar fob. Fob. It's fob, not fab. To begin the season, seventeen teams start. Yeah. I'm actually Michael Fabiano put one together and I'm in it uh, with there was like there's there's a lot of fantasy analysts in it. The Miz was in it. He got eliminated. The the wrestler Lisa Ann's in it. I think she got eliminated, too. My team's kind of dope. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And I'm still I'm still alive and going strong, but they're fun. I don't know. Have you have you participated in one? First of all, your fob thing makes you sound like it like like chip on a yacht. OK, it sounds you, you're you're an elitist with your fob. It's, it's, it's definitely fun. How, how do you say the car brand? S A A B. I say Sab. <laughs> <laughs> so have you have you played in a guillotine league? Uh, I no, I ha- I haven't. Uh, I've played in the in a league where the lowest score just gets eliminated, but yeah, yeah. not not the part about going the players going back into the pool. That, that's pretty cool. No, it's fun. It's a it's a it's a really cool. My my team right now, for the record, I have Tom Brady, James Conner, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Hopkins, T Y Hilton, Stefan Diggs, and Darren Waller. That sounds pretty good, and that's a sick brag. Uh, by the way, this uh, politically, I I, I kind of like this. We're talking about, um, you know, I mean the history of the guillotine, which which I don't have to spell out, but also the um, you know we're talking about a hundred a hundred percent estate tax, you know, uh, where it's re- a total redistribution. This is uh, this is a, a revolutionary type of league. We need we need to spread the word. That's this is this is my political take on guillotine leagues. <laughs> Did you know there's a Swedish Carter 13? Yeah, you're right. There, I and I, I actually can't even track 
what that's connected to. It's like connected to the CD Carter 69 somehow. I, 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 say, I mean, I, I just assumed it was like some sort of like socialist tie or something. No, no, no. It's it. I thought it, I thought it might have been your pronunciation of a fob. Oh, well, it says that the profile says the most Scandinavian form of C.D. Carter 69, who is in turn the purest form of C.D. Carter 13. This is a this is like an in, in, inception. This is it insane. Is. My, my parody accounts have parody accounts. Yeah, this is incredible. Uh, but the question is very Swedish. And it says, what are your thoughts on Ikea? I'm, I'm sitting on an Ikea couch right now. Yeah, look. Ikea, in theory, great spot. And and what you can buy there, phenomenal, great prices, all of that. The experience of Ikea is the step above hell. Yeah, right. It's it, I mean, yeah, I think in, in hell or purgatory, you're stuck in Ikea forever shopping on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That is, that is the... The, the the second worst thing that you can possibly think I I actually what's what's worse than that running on a treadmill forever maybe that or also Costco is worse <laughs> Costco yes that's true Costco is, is is up there as well and Costco all those I, I always get really uh my my eyes get really jacked up from the lighting in those places you know yeah. they're like they're like the bluish like purplish lights I hate that so much. So I guess Costco is right there with Ikea as well. So the one thing, I, I, I went to Costco last Friday with my strange wife, and she she loves it, and she's really into it. Uh, it's a total nightmare. It, people are bloodthirsty freaks in there. It's like being at a, a midnight Thanksgiving sale um, at, uh, at Walmart or something. You know, people being trampled, you know, older people dying in the streets. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a horrible, horrible experience. But here's my my main gripe with Costco is that like I wanted to get um, Clorox wipes, but I didn't need 36 packs. Right. But that's the only thing that you can buy. True. Which makes it so that we have to go to the grocery store after Costco, which is infuriating. Yes. Yes. Uh, this next question is from at zip code. How much is JJ's herniated disc hurting? I hope he gets better soon. That's for Joe Flacco. Ha ha. Oh, oh, oh I, I was like, I, oh, I by the way, by the way, <laughs> I was at, I, I kid you guys not. I'm at a bachelor party this past weekend and there are a, a few people I hadn't met before. One of them I meet. And at this point they, they got there a little bit late and I was pretty, pretty feeling, feeling pretty good. Okay. Say. Uh, and they, they get there and I introduce myself and the guy looks at me and he says, you look just like Joe Flacco. No way. I swear. I swear. I just started cracking up. And some of the people who were at the, the bachelor party listened to the show. So shout out to them. But also, it's fun that I'm talking about where we just were last weekend. I was that, up in that, I was up in Maryland, Denny. Oh well, thanks for visiting. Thanks for. I was in. Oh, it was in. It was in Deep Creek. It was. It was. Oh, Deep me. Creek. I'll oh, get at it. Western Maryland. It's not. That's not legitimate. Legitimate Maryland. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, Deep Creek's beautiful, and I I have wanted to go there for years and years i went there as a kid and it was amazing like did you stay in a cabin or something we had we had a rental house uh just like an airbnb and it was like it was in the woods but it was like you know it's just a typical like rent a place for a weekend and has like like mm -hmm. every room is converted into a bedroom you know like there's just like beds everywhere that's basically well, what it was listen listen i just want to let you know this is just between us 
I never want to spend a weekend with you and Amanda at Deep Creek. So don't ever arrange that. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, let's never do that. <laughs> it was great though. It was a fun deep Deep Creek was cool. The the worst part though is I decided that I was going to wake up on Sunday morning. We went harder on Friday than Saturday, thank God. But I woke. I was going to wake up on Sunday morning and drive back, which is a six and a half hour drive back to Charlotte. Yeah. I woke up at five thirty. Oh, that hurts. I got like three hours of sleep, and I just and it was pouring down rain in the dark and these windy roads in Maryland. Driving back for the first like hour and a half of my drive. Oh, not not the most entertaining experience of my life. Oh man, you must have been exhausted. Oh, so I still am exhausted. It's oh. one of those things, you know, when you have those weekends, you're not right until like Thursday the next week. Oh my God, that is rough. Three hours and then a road trip. That that's that's tough. I, my my just real quick about Deep Creek. I went there with my family when I was like seventeen. I I played golf while it was snowing on the Deep Creek golf course. Oh wait, we played golf at one of the the golf courses on Saturday. It's nice, right? It was crappy weather. I don't know. The one we played was fine. It was yeah. wasn't anything special. Yeah. Uh, maybe my standards at seventeen were different, but the but I was, I, played I mean, by look, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. It was I good. played by myself. I'm not look. I'm not. I'm not an elitist who says Bob. So, um, <laughs> uh, a golf course is good. So I um, it's actually a huge waste of resources, and they should all be abolished. But the I, my, my I was so cold by myself. Uh, playing golf that I walked home uh, from like the ninth hole and my dad was furious because he had paid for 18 18. and it was expensive as hell. Sorry, dad. Yeah. Uh, But then the the question that zip code actually is asking us on a scale of one pennies to 10 full-size candy bars, how nice are you to trick-or-treaters? incredibly i love i love trick-or-treaters yeah me too it's the greatest wait wait are, are you saying like what kind of candy i i am I'm, I'm very generous with it with the candy giving uh almost to the point of, of ridiculousness yeah yeah i, I agree i, I agree I, very generous i mean i love it uh it, the, the more the merrier i live in a neighborhood that doesn't have many so when we when we get them when we see them i get i get super psyched almost you know where they want to call the cops i get a little too excited so I love it. So I'm not. We're not gonna be able to get to all of these today. So I'm gonna keep some of these for next week because some and, of them are pretty good. And I can address some on the Thursday podcast, which is available on the Patreon page. True. Okay. Well, then we'll do that instead. Uh, this last question is from at Derek from Mano. He says, "When getting dressed for the day, what's the proper order of adding garments? Do you go underwear, pants, shirt, or underwear, shirt, pants?" Maybe shirt underwear pants, please advise. So <laughs> shirt shirt under shirt. You know what? I go pants underwear shirt. No, like going shirt underwear. Going shirt first makes me think of a toddler. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, I go one sock shirt <laughs> underwear. <laughs> pants other sock yeah no 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 it's it's obviously the only the only legitimate way is is underwear pants shirt no i go underwear shirt pants no i go underwear shirt pants you have to put you have to have a stable base no you you need the you need okay when, when you're looking at in an outfit at an outfit what is the tougher thing to match 
slash the most important piece to to an outfit. Like like as in as in like fashion wise, like for a, a normal dude. A, a shirt? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, look, a shirt has design on it. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's got, it's, it tells a story. Pants are replaced. Pants are the quarterbacks of clothing and fantasy quarterbacks. Completely, yeah, but- compl- you're, you're, you have the same pair of shorts and jeans in your closet, right? Right. right. Multiple of them. Right. You, every shirt is generally pretty unique. So if you're going, sh- if you're going pants first, it's you have less versatility with what shirt you end up choosing. Whereas if you go with shirt first, you have a lot of choices with the kind of pants that you can go with. And, and, and look, and look, not only that, Denny, not only that, but the shirt, how the, the shirt is going to project your mood for that day more than your pants are. So you, you are a, a fashion mogul or something. This is more thought than I've ever put into getting dressed in my life. <laughs> and you were, you were, you work at home. No one cares how you look. I mean, <laughs> except except for when you have to do your TV thing. Jeez. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I look. I go like with today. I put on my blue jeans, and then I I say, what shirt would match with blue jeans? Oh wait, all of them. Yes. No. That's that's fair. That's fair. But there are some shirts that will not go with certain pants. Like uh, if you're putting on jeans, but uh, whatever. That's that, that's one thing. I'm what saying other, though. Uh, what other pants do you wear? But look, I have shorts. I have short button shorts, not just not just gym shorts. I have shorts that are various colors. Let's say, okay, you know, like like summer shorts. Okay, okay, right. So you have you have I have red ones. I have some like light red ones that are more pinkish. I have blue. I have green. I have black. I have uh uh khaki looking ones like. You can go. You you have all these different colors. Your shirt is going to dictate that completely. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to concede. I'm going to concede this this, <laughs> this point. Uh, but do you do you like me have to get specially customized shorts for your large rear end? Um. I'm kidding. But yes. I, 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 what What if I said yes to that? Oh well, then I would be. Incredible. Are you are you gonna you're gonna out me, Denny? No, I'm uh, just kidding. Well, I'm, well, I'm are you are you on, going online to to like uh, like like specialized uh, shorts makers for 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 large white dude? Butt? Yeah, I have I have I have accounts overseas that that help me uh, that that tailor my pants for me. <laughs> that was for always me. the shocking thing to my coworkers back when I used to work in an office is they would be like. Like you're a white guy. Like your butt is not supposed to be like that. Like well, what's <laughs> what's that? Like what? What happened? Like, are, do you have like? Do you have like? Uh, is there something wrong with you? All right, look, I could give you the bigger butt, but I have bigger quads, and I would destroy you in leg wrestling. Yes, we, we as you said last week, uh, your quads are ninety percent of what Saquon Barclays are. Yeah, about ninety percent, I'd say. I'd say one of my quads is the equivalent to two of your quads. Wow. Then then I, I didn't get a good look at your legs the last time I saw you because that, that would be absolutely freakish looking. <laughs> All right. We'll end it on a leg wrestling note. Denny, let everyone know where they can find you. I still think I could compete. I, uh, you can uh, find me at CDCarter13 on Twitter. My kicker column is live on the Patreon page. And I will have my running back defense column it's a running back defense stack for dfs column on 444.com on thursday 
I'm on Twitter at late round QB. I have my other podcast, the late round podcast that you can listen to as well. So subscribe to that. I don't know why I said as well. But, yeah, me neither. I don't know why. You but I, I did that. Did we have a tilt montage this week? Uh, you know what? We did not. I I was I was um, not able to watch many of the games. Therefore, not able to tilt. It was actually pretty nice. But so no no tilt montage. It will return. It will return this week. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.